Antonio Brown sort of retires, new faces at NFL quarterback, and yes, we are taking 16-year-olds way too seriously. Let's talk about it on a brand new air attack starting right now. Yeah, we're not sure what's going on with A.B., but I'm sure uh, I'm pretty sure A.B. doesn't know what's going on with himself. We'll get to that a little bit later. First of all, Greta Thunberg, who I think I pronounced her name right, is basically Emma Gonzalez 2.0. My question is this. Why are you listening to anything this girl says? Why is a 16-year-old Swedish girl, okay, who is such a hippie, she needs to take a, a boat. Now, it's a yacht. Don't worry. It's a yacht from Europe to the U.S. Why is she appearing in front of the U.S. Congress? I mean, my God. And then she's at the U.N. I mean, barking orders, telling people what to do, threatening never to forgive the adults. I mean, we have heard this all before. It's the same thing. It's the same routine as the Parkland kids. And they were annoying as hell. You think people aren't going to get sick of her? My God. If you don't know who she is, she basically went viral for holding a sign up outside the parliament in Sweden demanding, you know, action for climate change. But there's a wrinkle there. Her parents are famous. Her, pa- her mother's an opera singer. Her father's an actor. Her grandfather was involved in all this political stuff. She didn't just go viral organically. This was, a, this was a planned thing. And now she's supposed to be the face of climate change, and it's the same thing you heard before. Well, the adults aren't doing anything, so now the kids have to. But I- I'm sorry. I'm not going to listen to a 16-year-old bark orders at me. And she said it herself. She said I should be in school. Yeah, you should be in school. You're right. She also said her childhood has been stolen from her. Uh, really, I tell you what. Tell you what, Greta, why don't you go spend a week in Iran, okay, and then follow that with a week in Mexico, and I don't mean like at some great resort, just in the streets somewhere, okay, those kids have had their childhood stolen, okay, you are a spoiled brat who thinks she is way more intelligent than she really is, and I know she has some sort of disorder or disability, I I don't care about that, the bottom line is, we we all know people like this, you pump them full of confidence at a young age, it doesn't matter how ridiculous or how irrational they are, okay, they start to believe it. But the idea that she's appearing at the U.N. was ridiculous. I mean, she was so condescending and over the top with politics and fake outrage. I thought I was watching the Emmys again. Good God. Not that I watched the Emmys. Sorry. I really like TV. The award shows have gotten so out of control. They're basically political rallies. So somebody, people are asking me who I thought should win the Emmys. I'm like, I don't even know who's nominated. I don't care. I'd rather watch TV. Besides, on Sunday, you had the Browns and the, and the Rams. So, uh, you know, for, for sports people, that was a big game. I mean, who wants to watch... Wants to listen to the same political stuff over and over again. So if you're into the outfits and you're into the awards, that's great. I'm just not. Emmys are not for me. Sorry. Um, now, if I'm going to say we don't take her seriously as a 16-year-old, how about Carson King? Carson King is the kid who stood outside of college game day about a week and a half ago in Iowa. The game was at the game was in Ames, right? Iowa State held up a sign basically saying he needed he needed beer money, and it had his Ven- Venmo handle attached to it. And next thing you know, he's getting thousands and thousands of dollars. So what does a kid do? Kid says, wait a second, this has gotten out of hand. I'm going to give the money to the Children's Hospital at the University of Iowa. Now, if you don't know, there's a, it's a, it's basically a children's hospital. They specialize in childhood cancer. Between the third and fourth quarters of every game, there's now a tradition there where all of the fans and all the players and the coaches, I mean, everybody in the stadium, you're talking about 80 to 100,000 people, they turn and they wave to the kids. It's a great thing. It's a beautiful moment. It's not as good as, you know, kids not having cancer, but it's still a very nice moment that they've started there. Nice tradition. This kid decides he's going to start raising money for them. Anheuser-Busch gets involved, says they'll match whatever donation, yada, yada, yada. It's a big deal. There's T-shirts with his picture on it. There are Bush Light cans with his picture on it. Now, I think we could have done a little better than Bush Light or Natural Light or whatever. That's just me, but whatever. 
Okay? They do things a little bit differently in Iowa. That's great. Well, the Des Moines Register, which is a local newspaper out there, obviously, decides they're going to do a little story on the guy. And next thing you know, they dig up tweets from the guy, the guy when, you know, from 2012. But he was also 16. He was 16, and apparently they have some sort of racial twist to them. I can't tell you what they say because I, I tried, and I tried, and I tried, and I couldn't find them. He must have taken them down, but nobody screenshotted these things. It's bizarre. But you know what, what were found were tweets from the author of this article. And the editors of the Des Moines Register are defending the, the reporter, saying, listen, he, the, you know, a routine background check was performed. What do you mean a routine background check? Somebody has to go scrolling through tweet after tweet after tweet. You don't run someone's social security number and come across their old tweets. Okay, this is this same political horseshit that's been going on forever now. You try to take down, you know, it's, it's the whole cancel culture thing. Okay, which has become very controversial because it's so because it's so incredibly silly. And it's a way for people to flex political muscle and call someone a racist because of something they said, you know, when they were wasted at two in the morning, uh, you know, in January of, of 2011. Or it, it, it's, it's completely and utterly preposterous. And a lot of times it's used to take down political enemies. But how is this guy, you know, what is he doing? He's raising money for, for very sick kids. And why? Because he's getting some fame out of it. He's getting his 15 minutes. I mean, this is, to me, this is just jealousy. But never mind all that. The author of this article turns out to have a bunch of racist tweets. And I mean a bunch of racist tweets, okay, from his adult life. Not when he was a kid, but when he was an adult. So why is that kid still have a job at that newspaper? Because he was obviously going out of his way to sabotage Carson King. Who was, the, who was sitting there raising a bunch of money. You know, it's funny. 60-year-old Greta Thunberg. Oh, why are people giving her a hard time? She's just trying to make the world a better place. That's the same exact thing you heard about David Hogg, Emma Gonzalez, and that whole crew from Florida, right? They're just trying to make the world a better place. No, they're actually trying to get themselves involved in, in politics. They've turned themselves into political mascots. We all know this, okay? And they've, they've totally made themselves into child celebrities. I think the kid trying to raise money for kids with cancer. Now, he, he's making himself a celebrity, too. Fine. He's helping cure sick kids. And some loser at a newspaper, okay, which probably makes about $35,000, $40,000 a year, says, you know what? Eh, I don't like that. I'm jealous. See if I can ruin the guy's life. But don't tell me it's some routine background check. That's, that's a complete and utter cop-out, and we all know it. Well, we just want people to understand where their money's going. Money's going to a hospital. That's where it's going. The money is going to a hospital. We all know that. And Heiser Bush has to, has to, of course, drop him with this knee-jerk, you know, politically correct, uh, you know, press release and everything else. That's really sad. So good for Carson King. And he's still going to go to the game this weekend and participate in the wave. His reaction was perfect. He said 16-year-olds get older. They grow up. You know, I did something. It was, you know, it was wrong. I'm sorry that I did it. Got out in front of it. Yada, yada, yada. I have no problem with that. I really don't. But I think we're going a little too far with how seriously we take 16-year-olds. Okay? Just saying. Just saying. Um, college football last week. First of all, Utah gets a loss at, US, at USC in a game that was just bizarre. Um, and they're a top 10 team. A lot of people thought they were going to win the Pac-12. Um, they had the ball for 38 minutes and still lost. USC had like, I think they had like, like 12 or 15 rushing yards the whole game. Well, absolutely bizarre. But one key turnover by Utah, plus USC's receivers just torched Utah's secondary. Utah's secondary is a joke. And I know USC has great receivers, but come on now. The, U, the USC quarterback who's already a backup, gets knocked out of the game in the first quarter. They're bringing, a, I mean, they're bringing a, a kid who basically just throws these backyard lobs to these big-time receivers, and Utah is just... I mean, it looked like it looked like the receivers on USC were the 16-year-olds, okay? 
And it looked like it looked like the kids from Utah were 12. That's what it looked like. It just looked like they were, they were playing kids from like three or four grades younger. It was just ridiculous. So uh, Utah gets a very, very big loss. Uh, any aspirations they have of a national championship or a spot in the college football, football playoff are pretty much uh, wiped out with that. Otherwise, nothing too crazy. Obviously, you had um, two of their pretty big games. Auburn gets a win at Texas A&M. That's Texas A&M's second loss. I think they're a little bit overrated. Um, I really and I had Texas A&M in the game. I thought Auburn would struggle in this game, especially uh, from the quarterback position, and they did. Bo Nix had about 105 yards passing. Why? Because they were able to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Instead of Jimbo Fisher saying, "Listen, we're going to make you throw," he let him run. Uh, another key turnover by Texas A&M, and they lose 28 to 20. I mean, really, just not a good coaching job. Some of these coaches have to have their head examined, and I mean at all levels of football this weekend. It was just ridiculous. And then Georgia Notre Dame. Look. Notre Dame goes in there and gives them a game. It was very competitive. Notre Dame did have the lead at halftime. If you watch this game, it was a lot lower scoring than a lot of people might have thought. Understand one thing. There was a muff punt by George at the 10-yard line. The kid could have just as easily just let the ball go. He muffs the punt. Notre Dame recovers. That's how they get their touchdown in the first quarter, in the first half. Okay, they got a fourth-quarter touchdown, but they were never really in any sort of, you know, they're really never threatening Georgia in any way. Um, and it's not for that muff punt early. Um, and Georgia doesn't have to play from behind. They would have pounded the ball down their throats. Georgia would win this game. If they played 100 times, Georgia would win this game 95 of them. That's, I'm, I'm sorry, that's the, that's the case. I didn't have anything going on in the game. No rooting interest, no sour grapes. Um, so Notre Dame gets the cover. That's football, it happens. But uh, Georgia, clearly the better team. They get a little notch on their belt. Um, Notre Dame had a chance to really, really make a push for the playoff with this win. The other thing was there were a ton of Notre Dame fans there. I mean, Notre Dame travels. And I met a bunch of Notre Dame people this past Monday at an event. I just had a chance to, to meet a few of them, including their women's golf coach. And there are a bunch of people there. Um, very, very nice. Very, very nice group of people. But you just get the impression there's so much money at Notre Dame, they can basically travel anywhere. And they, you know, there were there were some Let's Go Irish chants there. Really, really bizarre. To hear in, in Athens, Georgia, that was a little weird. You want to talk about Wisconsin over Michigan. Wisconsin, you know, 35-14, and it wasn't even that close. Michigan's a mess. I mean, this whole, this, this brand new offense from Michigan that's supposed to be high-flying and exciting and everything else is really a joke. I mean, so far, they put up, they put up 40 points against Middle Tennessee State in, in, in week one. Big deal. And 24 points against Army and 14 against Wisconsin. They'll probably beat up on Rutgers this week, but, I mean, there's something wrong with that Michigan team. I don't know how much longer they're going to put up with Jim Harbaugh there, but, I mean, this is, I mean, this is, that was an embarrassing loss to Wisconsin. It, I'm telling you, it wasn't even as close as the final score. And then Texas beats Oklahoma State. Uh, not, I wouldn't call that a big win. It's, it's, it's a win they kind of had to have. Um, Oklahoma State's defense isn't very good. You know, Tom Herman almost, I think Tom Herman kind of made this game closer than he had to by trying to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. So Oklahoma State's defense is, is pretty much non-existent. And instead of using Sam Alligator to light him up, he was more concerned about keeping Oklahoma State off the field and basically sticking to his game plan. And everybody look at me. I'm Tom Herman. Uh, good for you. So they get a win. They don't cover. So the people who bet, I'm sure, are not very happy with him. Um, but that's how it goes. All right. Now to the NFL. And obviously a lot of a lot of different quarterbacks starting uh, this past week than we had in week one. Uh, no question about it. The Thursday night game was garbage. Um, but Garner Minshew was kind of a, a funny guy. Listen, the Jaguars went 20 to 7. The Titans are a disaster. Very tough matchup for them. I actually incorrectly thought this game was in Tennessee when I recorded last week, so that was uh, that was my fault. But now Gardner Minshew has a little bit of a cult following now because he's played well in a couple games. Yeah, you know what? The, the, the Jags need something to cheer about. He is kind of a different guy, kind of a weird guy with the crazy outfits and everything. Yeah, you know, with a couple losses, it won't be so funny, but good for them to get a win. Um, but he's came, you know, in a you know situation with Nick Foles going down. He's giving the Jags something to cheer about a little bit. The Bills get a win, 21-17 over the Bengals. They dominated the game. A couple mistakes by Josh Allen, but the Bills are 3-0. They get the Patriots coming in this week. 
Um, they're going to be somewhere between six and seven point favorites. Now, the Patriots get rid of Antonio Brown. Basically, you had a second woman um, accuse him of some sort of sexual assault. Also, apparently, there are text messages where Antonio Brown, in some way, shape, or form, threatens the accuser. So he stays with the Patriots for about 11 days. And then Bill Belichick doesn't want to talk about it. Oh, wait a second. You don't want to talk about it. That's fine. You can, you don't want to, first of all, Bill Belichick doesn't want to talk about anything. He sort of toys with the media and kind of, you know, goes with the whole stone face routine. Some people think it's funny. Some people don't. But then he gives this, this incredibly condescending, almost, almost ominous, menacing look to Dana Jacobson just because she asked, what was the last draw with AB? Well, what do you think people, people aren't going to ask? You're the one that signed them. And again, how do you not know what you're getting yourself into with Antonio Brown? And I sat here and I said, listen, there's nothing, you know, this woman's making an accusation, but there's really nothing that proves anything. But if the guy sent her text messages that were threatening her, that doesn't really, that's not something that's going to surprise you because nothing he does really surprises you at this point. Like he does not come across as, as a very stable person. So they're going to play. It's going to be a very interesting game at Buffalo. Obviously, the Patriots deserve to be favored, but if Buffalo can minimize the mistakes and keep that into a low-scoring game, it could be kind of interesting. The Jets had no chance going into New England. The Jets actually get a cover on a Jamal Adams pick six because they pulled Tom Brady and put Jared Stidham in, and Bill Belichick was so disgusted he put Tom Brady in to close the game, even though the, the Pats are up by two scores. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, so Jared Stidham will be in the doghouse because he can't even do mop-up time the right way, just how it is in New England, but they do, they're doing something right up there, I'm pretty sure. Uh, the Cowboys have no problem with the Dolphins. The Dolphins had a little bit of fight in this game. It was 10-6 at halftime. They, they did try to play hard, but... They're just, they just don't have the players. You know, the Packers get a win over the Broncos, 27-16. Another, another game where they benefited from turnovers. The offense in Green Bay just right now was not that good. 312 yards, people. 312 total yards. Aaron Rodgers, 17 for 29, 235. It's not terrible. It's not terrible, but you're talking about 300 total yards. There's just nothing impressive about that offense, but they, they have been getting wins. They are 3-0. Now they get the Eagles, who are all kinds of banged up. If there's a, if there's a game to get your offense on track, that would be it. Not going to be an easy game. I'm not saying they're, they're going to dominate. I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm saying if there's a game to get their offense on track, that would be it. The Eagles secondary is kind of a disaster right now. Um, Colts over the Falcons. Uh, Matt Ryan was terrible in this game in the first half. Came on late. Made it a game. But a big interception deep in Colts territory. The Colts go to 2-1. Jacoby Brissett continues to play well enough. You know, well enough to win. That's for sure. But uh, the Falcons are now 1-2. They need a win. I, I, if I was Tennessee, I would be on high alert this week. Okay, because Tennessee's offensive line is a disaster. Now you got to go play in that dome. Matt Ryan in a dome. The Falcons, no team wants to go one and three. Let's face it. Um, I would think you get a very focused Falcons team coming into this Sunday. Hint, hint. Um, the Giants, speaking of new, new faces of quarterback, the Daniel Jones era begins. Um, very strange way to go about it. Okay, two weeks of Eli Manning and then he's gone. Uh, kind of makes you wonder why not just give Daniel Jones the season to start. But then again, you know what? Maybe you don't want him starting on the road to Dallas. Maybe you want to give him a couple games, you know, give him an extended sort of training camp. Not the worst place in the world if you're going to start him in Tampa. I said that last week, and he was good. He was exciting. A couple rushing touchdowns, which is something Giants fans just – Giants fans don't even know what a rushing touchdown from a quarterback is. Okay, it's been so long since they had a quarterback who could run, and I couldn't even tell you who that was. I mean, you've got to go back to the 60s probably. I'm not, and I'm not even kidding. Phil Simms was never a runner. Eli Manning was never a runner. You had Kerry Collins. He, I mean, they're just, these Giants just had these, like, slow – prototypical white guy quarterbacks for a long, long time. Now, I'm, not make, I'm, not, I'm not saying that like in a jokey kind of way. It's just the truth. Now, you got a white quarterback here, but this, this man can move. And he's got two of the fastest runs by a quarterback in terms of miles per hour this year. You know, the guy's faster than Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. That's pretty good company. So something to be excited about. They obviously got lucky at the end of this game. The Giants defense is still terrible. Uh, one thing Tampa can do, Tampa can score. 
And the Giants, you know, the Giants defense is bad. It's a coaching blunder, though, to put anybody one-on-one with Mike Evans in a two-minute drill. You know Jameis Winston loves throwing to him. You know they're going to go to him. He's a top three, top four receiver in the NFL. Just because he plays in Tampa, don't, do not make any mistake about it. He is a big time, and I, he's a good receiver as there is. And they put Janoris Jenkins, who's been getting torched all day on Mike Evans. Then whatever's going on with Bruce Arians, and again, I say with these coaches, let's take a delay a game, let's run the ball over here, let's kneel. Hey, how about this? Hi, Bruce, Bruce, how about just kicking a field goal from 20-something yards? No, you back the kid up, and now he pushes it. I get these coaches are so focused on attention, it's crazy. The game of the day would be the Chiefs and the Ravens, okay? But 33-28 Chiefs, the Ravens get a cover at the end. It was never this close. The Chiefs dominated this game. The Ravens, it was 23-6 at halftime. The Ravens cannot cover the Chiefs receivers. And remember, this is without Tyreek Hill. This was pure domination. I mean, the, the final score doesn't reflect it. If you got, you know, if you got the Ravens plus five and a half or six or whatever, that's how it was. I happen to have the Chiefs put in a teaser, so it, it was fine with me. You could do whatever you wanted at the end of the game. Um, but John Harbaugh, first touchdown. Ravens go up 6 nothing. He goes for two. Then later in the game, the Ravens are down by 11 points. 11 points. 33-22. He goes for two again. Why do you want to go for two when you're down by 11? Can someone explain this to me? I mean, how does that what? This was like with seven minutes to go, if I'm not mistaken. Are you, are you envisioning a scenario where you just get these three and outs against the Chiefs and you can kick three field goals in seven minutes and tie the game? You got to be out of your fucking mind. And so then they score a touchdown late in the game. Okay, 33-28. Now they have to go for two and they missed it. But at least he got to go for two. So apparently he really likes going for two. I mean, these coaches have, some of these guys have lost their mind. You're talking about the players getting, getting banged up. What are the coaches? What's going on with these guys? Crazy. Um, the Eagles, you talk about a team that's going to need a win this week. They got a short week now. They're all kinds of banged up. They, they made it close at the end, but Detroit was basically a gate-to-wire winner, 27-24. Um, Eagles, I mean, a lot of injuries in that Sunday night game against Atlanta, the secondary and their receivers, and uh, Matthew Stafford took advantage. Not a good matchup for them. That's why that gate, that, that line at one point, I think, was seven points. It closed at four. A lot of money came in. A lot of sharp money came in the Lions because they knew Stafford would be able to have a little bit of success. Um... Now the Eagles go on short rest. They're all banged up. They got to go on short short rest to Green Bay. I'm not sure how that game's going to play out. It's two 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 teams that you know Green Bay's three and zero. The Eagles are one and two, but both teams have kind of struggled in their own way. Very interesting Thursday night game. It's actually kind of a fascinating game. Um, the Panthers, Kyle Allen, 261 yards and four touchdowns. You know, I at first I looked at this game, and before I knew Cam Newton wasn't going to play, I said this could be an under because the Cardinals run this this air raid offense and everything. They don't really go. They don't run it that quickly though. They don't really run a really fast pace. And Cam Newton is all kinds of banged up and obviously cannot throw the ball that far. So I thought, you know, it's going to be short passes and handoffs and a lot of clock is going to be running and, you know, whatnot. Kyle Allen comes in. I said, wait a second. That's a guy who could actually throw the ball deep. Thank God I backed off of that. Um, but good for him. He's, uh, I believe he's from Arizona. He goes and gets a win. That's kind of an upgrade for the Panthers. Panthers get the get a much-needed first win of the year. Um, and now they're going to go. They have a tough game at Houston. Panthers were a team a lot of people like coming into the year. Um, but they're staring one and three at the face. They really, really are. Um, Houston gets a big win at L.A. Uh, just more mistakes by the Chargers. Chargers are one and two. I mean, it seems like they do this. This is going back to like five, six years ago. They used to do this all the time where they would just ruin September and then come on strong late. But more mistakes. Chargers could easily, and I mean easily, be three and oh, but just sloppy football. Just what it comes to NFL. It's, that's, let's, listen, you're not going to be sloppy in the NFL and win unless you're the 49ers. Who, who were a turnover machine against the Steelers. The Steelers go to 0-3. It's a game the Steelers obviously needed to win. You know, you figured they'd give them some fight. They're up 6-3 to at halftime, even though, you know, on, on the 
you know, in terms of the stat sheet, um, San Francisco's dominating. Five turnovers. Five turnovers by the Niners. Three fumbles, two interceptions. I mean, these fumbles, I mean, they were more ridiculous, including botched snaps. I mean, a couple of those, just, just, it's just ridiculous. And somehow they get a win. They're just a better team right now. Uh, that's just all there is to it. They were able to overcome all that. The Steelers, that had to be a gut punch of a loss. I mean, they're going to go home. I know they hate the Bengals. They got the Bengals on Monday Night Football. I'm not saying you're not going to get an effort out of them because you are. Um, but that had to be a devastating loss. I no Ben Roethlisberger. You figure Mason Rudolph maybe gives you some life. No, not at all. Um, but just a just I mean just a terrible terrible way to lose a football game by the by the Steelers. The Steelers actually came back and took a lead in the second half, and then just gave it right back. I mean the the Niners went right I mean right down the field. Minka Fitzpatrick had a couple big plays. Um, the kid the, the new kid from Michigan, the linebacker. I mean he's going to be a star. He's already you know looks like a star on the field. Sorry, Steelers fans. You just this ain't your year. Just how it is. I mean, it just, sometimes it's just not your year. You only get 16 games. Your quarterback gets hurt. You blow a game. You should win. Yeah, 0-3. You probably get probably get yourself on track against the Bengals. But let's face it, it's going to be an uphill climb from here for the Steelers. Um, the Saints and Seahawks. Now, no Drew Brees, right? They say that you know Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Taysom Hill are going to split time. Here's what I don't get with Sean Payton. Here's a, another coach. Um, you will take Drew Brees and put him on the bench routinely to get Taysom Hill in there. But with Teddy Bridgewater, we hardly we don't see Taysom Hill really till the fourth quarter. That's the part I don't get. Saints get the win, 33-27. I mean, you know, that was, you know, Saints, no one wants to go to 1-2, obviously. Saints come in there, and Seahawks come in at 2-0. I'm not saying the Seahawks weren't up for the game, but, you know, the Saints get a special team score to take the lead early. They get a defensive score, stepped up and got some scores. Now, the 33-27, that's because there was a play on the last, the, literally the last play of the game was a touchdown by the Seahawks. It wasn't as close as this. Seahawks kind of kind of sputtered. They moved the football, made some mistakes, but they kind of sputtered on offense until the fourth quarter. Um, good job by the Saints. I mean, really, after you know, don't forget that comes on the heels of uh, getting their clock clean by the Rams. They were out on the West Coast the entire week. That was not an easy game. It's obviously in Seattle. I give them credit. The Seahawks got to get the offense going, and that starts with uh, Chris Carson not fumbling, pretty much. And then you had um, the Bears and Redskins. I think I think pretty much everyone expected the Bears to win. It was a tough spot for the Bears. They play Minnesota next week. They had a tough game against Denver the week before. Um, but the Redskins just have no fight on defense. They just have nothing. Uh, Case Keenan, they got, I think they got five turnovers from Washington. The yardage in this game was pretty similar, but I don't think that's any kind of shock. But the Rams and Browns, um, bad job by the Browns here. I mean, a real bad job. You're on center stage. The Rams just had a game against uh, the Saints, who are obviously one of their big rivals um, the week before. I know it's not a division game, but still, you know, you have a little bit of revenge from last year's, uh, last year's NFC Championship. The Browns are at prime time here. Six points in the first half, okay? Uh, their secondary is all banged up, so they played a little bit of a slower-paced game. What is Freddie Kitchens doing? I know he's got. A, I know he's a good offensive mind, but what is he doing on fourth and nine running a draw play? And then you've got four plays, first and goal from the four-yard line. You go empty backfield every time, so they know you're throwing the football, okay? I mean, Baker Mayfield has had a hard time dropping back the entire game. The offensive line was terrible, and don't tell me Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is not rushing from all angles. There's only one Aaron Donald out there, okay? Uh, I'm sorry. The Browns have got to do a better job. It was a it was a wild week in the NFL seeing all these new guys play quarterback, but it was even wilder watching some of these coaches melt down. I don't know what exactly is going, but Freddie Kitchens at one and two, you know, it's already obvious he has very little control of his team off the field. He better get control of his team on the phone on the field very quickly. Okay, otherwise they're going to be a laughing stock because they put a bullseye on their back. Okay, and I'm pretty sure the Cleveland fans are tired of a laughing stock on the field. Uh, bottom line, that's all the time we got this week on the Air Attack. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you check out Facebook.com/slash/TheAirAttack and follow me on Twitter and SoundCloud at BCAKTheMan. 
Also, if you haven't already, subscribe to The Air Attack with BC The Man on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, on Spreaker, and on Spotify. Close it out tonight with Lace. Here is So Fly. I am BC The Man. See you guys next week on The Air Attack. Lace 305. This is just how I woke up feeling today, man. <laughs> Y'all feel me on this, though? I wake up and I roll up. Wait, hold up, you know what, there's no luck, want more bucks, give no fucks, so what, yeah you got ice, but you look like a little blonde dyke, red hair, pink hair, blue hair, oh hell, oh well, I guess that's just the type of shit that's gon' sell, game change, game strange, I don't wanna be near, I'm up and out of here in a different atmosphere. I'm so high, I'm so fly, you know why, how I vibe, ain't no lie, ain't no lie, 305 is what made me, hustling is what pays me, on the daily, getting ladies, you know why, I'm so fly, so fly, so fly, I'm fresh, getting cash, I got the girls, plus the checks, what's next, I'm so fly, alright, I'm so fly, alright, I'm so fly, you know why, so fly, I'm fresh, getting cash, I got the girls, plus the checks, what's next? I'm so fly, alright, I'm so fly, alright, I'm so fly, you, you know why, you know why I'm so fly, every day stay so high, when I die, don't cry, just look in the sky and know I, chase my dreams, chase the green, hit the scene, so fresh and clean, so fresh and clean, yeah. Leverage is what I do, low key is how I move, if you can't move, how I move, then you can't do how I do, it's simple nigga, multiply mathematics, gotta get it, gotta have it, it's a habit, I'm a savage, I'm a grinder, I'm a thinker, I'm a motivator, little hustler, she wanna spend the night with me, but no, I can't trust her, with the Gucci on my feet, Versace on my face, when I walk up in the place, they say, there he go, that's lace, cause I'm so Wow.